This is the Recruitment Rollercoaster Podcast. My name is Hisham Azuz, and this is the show where I bring to life the true failures, the true successes, and the true learnings from recruiters and recruitment business owners globally. This podcast is now sponsored and supported by Hunted. Hunted is one of the best places on the internet for recruitment content. Of course, one of the reasons why I decided to partner with them is crucially, we share a common goal to help recruiters get better at their jobs. Hunted write about everything you can need in your career, from productivity hacks to helping your time management to TED Talks and reading lists. They offer in-depth insights into worldwide destinations and, of course, there's everyone's favorite recruitment wolf, Mr. Ed Hunter, who's not quite as scary in real life, but that is a story for another time. If you haven't yet checked out Hunted's content, you will not be disappointed. Welcome to the Recruitment Rollercoaster podcast. My name is Hisham Azuz, and today I'm joined by Ali Ismaili. Nailed it. <laughs> Ali Ismaili, who is um, the one of the directors at Soap. Yes. Ali. Yeah. Thanks for joining me, mate. No problem. Thanks Be for looking me. forward to this. Absolutely. Normally, I'll start with, how do you get into recruitment? Yeah. I'm going to give you a bit of a curveball, mate. Okay. <laughs> soap. Yes. Where did that come from, mate? Is there a story? Yes, no. Yes, no, little bit. It was... Um, it's it's a bit about being heard. It's it's about giving our brand a voice. Okay. And you know, standing on top of a soapbox and being heard and oh, nice. getting, yeah, getting the message out of this. So that's where it kind of originated from. Really? Yeah. But we get all, all of our all clients. Because it is like a mad name, isn't it? Because <laughs> yeah. it's not just soap. It's like so much. I don't know. Like <laughs> yeah. It's so much soap well, yeah, on the website, but like yeah. soap. Yeah, yeah. And it's um, we we have a lot of lot of clients and candidates asking about it. So it stands out though. It does, and that's what you wanted. Um, you know, it is different. Um, there's a lot of funny um, sort of jokes come up about it, about, you know, trying to clean up the recruitment industry. Yeah, that's that. what I was just thinking about. <laughs> but like, yeah. if, if you look at sort of um, your uh, company website, the colours and all that, like it, yeah. it does, it's like, it's in your face. Yeah, different, yeah. Different. Well, we want to really be cool. different. You've got to differentiate yourself with so many recruitment agencies starting in a, on a yearly basis. You've got to do something different. Yeah. So we were branding, our message, you know, everything we try to do has to be a little bit different. Yeah, yeah. that obviously like, that must have took a bit of getting used to that. Like, hi, my name's Ali, I'm calling from Soap. So people yeah. are like, hey, wh where, are you, do you work for a cleaning company? Like, what's yeah, going yeah, on? Yeah. We get a lot of emails as well from um, uh, soap distributors across <laughs> the world, honestly. So <laughs> really? They can, yeah, they can help us uh, distribute our products. So, That's yeah. so joke. Oh, they can help you distribute <laughs> your products? Yeah. Brilliant, all right, cool. Just wanted to get that out there, mate, no straight way, away, because no I was thinking about it. So, look, as, as you know, where I always like to start, mate, um, obviously we're just looking through your LinkedIn mm. to refresh my uh, memory, but how did um, Ali enter the world of recruitment, mate? Talk to me. Um, so I was brought into the world of recruitment by um, a, a friend, an ex-colleague of mine, um, who's now one of my business partners. He 
um, yeah, he approached me. Um, at that time, I had no experience in recruitment, always been in sales. Really? Um, but yeah, he was, um, he got into recruitment himself, um, had some success, and then was growing out his team. Um, we actually uh, bumped into each other by chance after, uh, at a wedding, at a friend's wedding. Oh, wow. And yeah, yeah, really by chance. And I nearly didn't go to that wedding because I'd actually been really ill um, a few weeks before that. Uh, like seriously ill and I wasn't going to attend but I did and fate has it bumped oh, into um, yeah bumped into um, Ollie and uh, yeah had a, had a conversation about what he was doing and you know what what he was trying to do grow a team build a team where he was um, and at that point I'd had quite a few um, friends and people that I knew in the industry uh, say that it was um, you know I could be suited to it um, never really actually committed to, to exploring the opportunity but um, yeah, spoke to him about it and then had some meetings and um, ended up joining his team. And Yeah, I, th- I guess it's always a, a good thing to join somewhere where like you've got someone that you've got a decent yeah. relationship with, do you know what I mean? Yeah, someone you trust, someone you've worked yeah. with before, someone that you can, um, you know you've got good chemistry with and that was really, really important. That was probably the, the, the biggest reason why I actually joined okay. and, and got into recruitment. Up until that point then, because like obviously your career, as you said, always did sales. Is yeah. Obviously working from in the banks to estate agency yeah, yeah. to account manager. Yeah. Um, had, you, had you not dealt with recruiters during that period then? Um, so my first experience with recruiters was when I joined Coca-Cola. I was, um, I was reached out to by their talent acquisition team. Ah. So I'd had some experience, but they, they didn't that was the first time I'd ever been approached by a, a recruiter and a couple of maybe uh, um, before that I'd also had some recruiters put me into some jobs but I never really I never understood their job fully uh-huh. um, but um, yeah I had um, I had some contact there when I when I joined Coca-Cola and um, yeah I, I, but it, it wasn't something that I ever thought I would do it wasn't really? something that I ever thought that it could be a career for me um, it was never something that I, I p- thought I could pursue and, and make a, a career out of. So what, just, just to finalise that, what, what was your perception of recruitment then before you joined Ollie and his team? I just thought, I thought recruitment was people sitting in cubicles, you know, ringing out, calling, uh, cold calling, trying to, you know, get people to, to move their, their current job to a new job. It just didn't, it didn't really appeal to me, but I guess I'd never, ever dug Deeper than the, than the surface level. Yeah, 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 that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. So then joined Ollie. Yes. And that was business called Stott and May, yeah? Yep. And you was there for just under three years. Yeah. And then you left there um, and then has obviously been part of the soap journey from, yeah. from day one yeah. right, and being involved with that. Yeah. <coughs> so so how long have you been in recruitment now? Um, nearly five years. Five years? Yeah, yeah. Is it a career for you now? Absolutely. Yeah, I, I couldn't. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't. It, it's it's so it's so strange because I couldn't imagine doing anything else. Um, for me, you know, it really fits me personally. Yeah. You know, the the, the goals that I want to achieve, the type of personality I have, I think a lot of the traits that um, even some that I didn't probably know I had within me, uh. I think they've really developed since I've come into into recruitment. So as an individual, I've grown so much in the last four or five years. Um, and I've always been quite confident in myself, but I didn't really know what I was capable of doing until I was put into the position where I had to really, um, uh, you know, build out something for myself and, and show that entrepreneurship. So I think that's a big thing in recruitment. They, they throw out a word, you know, entrepreneurial so much, but, and it's very cliche, but it's so true. Yeah. You know, no, yeah. Yeah. I think just, just something that's, um, popped into my head, mate, which I think is interesting in your journey. Like how old, how old was you when you got into recruitment and joined Ollie? Um, I was probably, 
yeah, very late twenties, early thirties. So probably on that's my interesting. Yeah. So if, do you know what I mean? Because like, yeah. I just thought that just because like, yeah. if you think typical recruitment yeah. owner or manager, right? I'm hiring for my team. Who do you initially think of? It's like young, hungry, young, hundred percent. Do you know what I mean? So T- totally agree. How was that? Because obviously you had done quite. You worked in different industries. Blah blah blah. I think, th- and, I, and this is an interesting point because I think that. Yeah, typically, historically, those are the kind of individuals you look for, right? People mm. who are willing to put in the hard yards, put in the hours. Um, I didn't come from a recruitment background at all. I'd come from a sales background. But um, I feel that maybe that's why I've had um, some of the success I've achieved so far. It's because I didn't come from a recruitment background. I was a more mature individual. Yeah. Um, and I think that allowed me to understand the, the job better. It, I, I think it allowed me to... Um, be able to perform the functions. Um, I think, you know, when you come in and you're very green, you're young, it can be a daunting prospect. And also you have to be able to experience the highs and lows of recruitment. Mm. And when you've had, you know, other sales roles where you've dealt with, um, you know, the ups and downs, I think that really helps you going into this type of job because there is ultimately going to be ups and downs um, and it's about how you deal with them. And I think, you know, being a bit more mature and being the age that I was maybe was one of the big reasons why maybe now I'm seeing a lot more success. Yeah, no, it's really interesting because I think if I think when I started, it like obviously what you had under your belt is 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 which isn't maybe a typical um, someone that's t- um, just joining the industry typically may not have his like mm-hmm. life experience, right? Mm. Even though he's still very much young, uh, yeah. late twenties, early thirties. Yeah, yeah. Like it can be quite daunting early on. If I yeah. think when I started, like speaking to people about their careers who are like. 35 yeah. 40 and all that age is a thing but speaking mm. to people that are a, more, a lot more older than you and stuff mm. like that mm. so i guess the life experience you had in your belt absolutely would definitely equip you with more 100%. tools to relate or whatever you know what i mean 100%. that's, that's yeah, really interesting yeah 100 yeah, um okay so what i always like to to speak to people about is their first year in recruitment yeah. so as you just said you feel like you it, things have yeah. really started to come to fruition now yep which obviously um i know about because you shared with me like mm. let's just just cast back to what it was like yeah. that first year in recruitment as you, we were just talking about you've yeah. got this life experience you've got different yeah. experiences it helped you deal with the highs and lows but how was those first yeah. 12 months but really for me i'll probably say a car crash really really didn't yet it wasn't um, it wasn't how I wanted it. It wasn't how I expected it to go. Maybe I was being a bit naive. Maybe I thought it, it would, um, I would, uh, you know, sort of get into it a lot better than I did. But it wasn't, it wasn't uh, plain sailing for me at all. Really? And I think, again, that's probably helped me, you know, to, to get to where I am now. But, um, you know, I had good training. I had good mentors. I still do now. Um, but I think my first year I think a lot of it, it's, it's interesting because I, I, I saw you mention something about you know the tenure of uh, the average recruitment consultant being yeah. 13 months right yeah, yeah, yeah. so I think if you get to the point where you know after the first year it's not happening for you a lot of people might just think to, to throw in the towel there yeah sometimes less man yeah probably sometimes less and to be honest I probably could have I probably could have done that myself um, but for me it was um, a kind of a sink or swim situation uh, you know I had a young family I made um, a commitment to myself that it was, if I was going to leave the role that I was in before I joined recruitment, which was pretty comfortable for me, um, then I had to make it work. Yeah. So I, I saw the long game, but really my, my first year was, you know, what did you was build? great. I can't even remember the don't, exact number. Come on, but, you didn't uh, remember, mate. Come on. Um, I can't remember the exact number, but I don't think it was any more than 50 grand. Really? Yeah, really. It was. Was it, was it more or less than 24K? 
<laughs> you know about more, this? Yeah, was it? it was more, yeah. You sure about more, that? Yeah, it was more. It, more, so, but but it, it was wasn't a lot definitely, more. definitely less than 50k, yeah? It was definitely less than 50k. So it was nothing. <laughs> <laughs> but definitely more than nothing, but no. Um, okay. It, no, it's just... So look, let, let's just talk a bit about that for a sec. Yeah, yeah. A, bit, a, big, a big reason why I started this was because of my experiences in the first year. Yeah. So as you said, it was a car crash. Yeah. Didn't build a lot. You said that you could have very much quit. Being one of, so yeah. So yeah. firstly, why did you not quit? Again, like I said, it was 100% sink or swim for me. I'd made the decision, like I said, having a young family and I wanted more. I was in, I was in quite a comfortable job, which, um, you know, paid well, but it wasn't something that I could ever see myself um, getting to where I wanted to be with. And I think the thing with recruitment is, and again, it's so cliche, but it's so true, is you really can fast track your career. Yeah. And I was... Um, I bought into that dream. I bought into that opportunity. Yeah. And I thought I had to commit. And giving something a year is just not long enough. And yeah. I had to, you know, I had to make that decision that if I'm going to commit to it, I need to give it enough time and for me to learn because I came into it completely blind. Yeah. You know, not, you know, no experience whatsoever, just purely sales. Um, so for me, there was no, there was no other option um, for, to them, for, for me to continue. So that, that was really the driving force for me was that if I, if I didn't do it, I was one year away or one year further away from being where I wanted to be. Okay, I like that. Did you always, did you always typically have that mindset? Do you know what? And let's come back to what I said earlier as well. Like it, I, I, I did, but I didn't know how much I did until I got into recruitment. And because a lot of the onus will fall on you. Yeah. You know, it's, it's all down to how much you want it you can carve out whatever you want for yourself mm. it is it's the the amount of work you put in you know the amount of effort it will show in in what you bill and what you can achieve and to, to fast track your career to, to where i am today you know compared to where i would have been if i stayed where i was before in my old business there's just no way i would have been you know you know fast track my career the way i did so yeah, yeah that's that's obviously one of the the great 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 things about recruitment absolutely so um okay then so just quickly what would you say then was the biggest challenge for you in that first year? Like what was the thing that you really struggled to get to grips with that's worth just talking about for a second? What did you find most difficult? I, I think at that time, what I didn't realize, it was, it was probably more personal reasons outside of work. Okay. Um, at the time, my mother was really ill. It was a very difficult time for me that I didn't really, I didn't realize how much it affected to me until I was out of that situation, out of, out, until enough. it passed. Um, but on a daily basis, I think getting, getting my head around the jobs, you know, getting my head around, you know, the market, you know, really committing myself to becoming a master in my market. I think until I decided to make, um, almost become obsessed with everything, yeah. at being, you know, knowledgeable at, you know, knowing exactly who my clients were, who their competitors were, yeah. you know, knowing the candidates. I think when I made that decision, that constant decision to, you know, really commit to knowing that and dedicating and becoming obsessed, I think I was just coasting. And it, it just, it wasn't, it wasn't until that I tasted a little bit of, you know, the billings, you know, the earnings that I thought, you know, hold on a minute, this is, yeah. you know, this is really, there, there, there's so much potential here. That's interesting. So that was, yeah, that was a, a big turning point. Last question around that. So obviously totally get personal circumstances. Yeah. That's obviously really difficult. And mm. then hindsight's a great thing, right? Well, actually mm. that did definitely impact my mental game and yeah, yeah. these types of things. But if, if you was to go back again, yep. 
how would you approach it differently? Like if we think of people listening there a year in or whatever, like or early on, how would you approach it differently? Do you think? I think I definitely, so I think the biggest thing is to, and again, it's quite cliche, but it's just so true, is knowing your market. You know, yeah. you need to know your market. Um, you don't need to be an expert, but you need credibility. And I think as soon as you start becoming credible and people um, trusting you, because that's the hardest thing is gaining people's trust, both the client and the candidate side. You only have a small period of time to do that, especially on the first on, on a potential first phone call. I think, you know, committing myself to becoming credible, to, to understand what I'm positioning, how am I different from the other 10 recruiters that have contacted this individual that yeah. same day in some cases. I think that's the biggest turning point for me. I think as soon as you understand that, you know, don't take anything for granted. Don't be, uh, don't take it um, to heart or too seriously. There used to be times when, you know, I might hit the post with a candidate, you know, they might get an offer or might have rejected it or, or you know, sort of been rejected at final stage or whatever it may be is to, to not let it affect you. Yeah, that's that, that is a big, start, that, it's, it? it's so hard, you know, don't get me wrong, it's so hard. Um, and that is one thing that I felt that maybe um, set me up for where I am now is I had a lot of that in the first year really? and that really hardened me up to the point where you just have to get on with it. You have to move on. Yeah. I think if you can deal with that heartbreak and all that at the beginning, then it gives you a better chance to um, yeah. you know, push on further down the line. If you have things all your own way to begin with, you often think it's quite easy. You know? yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no that, that, that's a um, really good point. So just, just quickly on that. Yeah. Um, knowing your market, these types of things. Yeah. <coughs> I think all, all I would say on that, I think if I was listening right now and I was early on, it is because I speak to people that um, when I sort of work with people, sometimes they might have a um, less than a year's experience, or whatever. And a, a real challenge for people is is feeling like they know their market and having the confidence like they know their market, mm. even though they're like six months, 12 months. Yeah, yeah. Do you get what I mean? Absolutely. That is difficult at the beginning 100%. to actually truly believe that you're a master yeah. market. And obviously it's a process. So I guess just a quick one on that, mate. Obviously, obviously you're going to be speaking to candidates, speaking mm. to clients in terms of consistently learning about them. Da, da, da. But how much was you doing outside of work out of interest? Okay. So, and again, this is, I think, a, a big difference. So um, outside of work, I, it, it's, it's interesting because I don't think that compared to now, probably hardly anything. Um, really? At the beginning, at the beginning, I was uh, and there was other circumstances. I was commuting from from Brighton to London. Um, you know, I was leaving at getting trains at like six in the morning. You know, getting up at five, getting trains at six in the morning to be at the office at quarter to eight, having a full day there, getting a train back at like um, half six, quarter to seven, and getting through the door probably about nine o'clock. So a bit grim, that. it was <laughs> it was very grim, um, but that definitely contributed to it. And these are the things that I, di I don't think I realised until, yeah. until until the time passes. And like you say, hindsight's a yeah, great yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. But until that time passed and went, and I reflected, I thought, okay, there were there were challenges, but there's always going to be challenges, right? Yeah. And it, and I think, like I said earlier, you know, now to the point where I'm quite obsessed with everything, to the point probably where I don't close my laptop or, or yeah, turn my yeah, phone yeah. over enough. I think if you put that effort in and it's, I say this to, to the people we hire within our business at the moment, you know, the, the, the associates coming in is you, you've got to be prepared to go above and beyond. Yeah. If you're not going to do something different to all the other recruiters out there, then you can't expect different results. If you want to be the best, if you want to have the best market knowledge, if you want to know, um, you know, everything about your candidates, you, you need to do something different. You need to do what others are, uh, aren't willing to do. And I think when you make that commitment, 
you can you can see so many results out of this, and I think it's it's just d- directly impacted by that. When when was that moment then for you? Was I'd it like eighteen months moment, in? I'd two say years that in? moment, yeah, yeah, um, about eighteen months, two years in. When I went and actually worked internally for a, a vendor, which really helped me. I think when I worked. In, what when was it? Start May. No, when I left Start May, I went yeah. and t- went and did a um, a contract at a vendor. Um, understood how they work from from within. You know how they work with stakeholders, the processes, and some of the challenges they face. So that gave me a really rounded yeah, understanding. So from both sides of the fence. Um, and then really when, you know, when I started it, you know, with soap, just, um, again, I think it's that sink or swim mentality, right? When you have to make something work, yeah. you have you do whatever you can. You've got to do whatever it takes. Um, and as soon as I my mindset switched and, you know, I started really doing, you know, spending more time, more hours investing in, in my development, that's when I, when everything clicked for me. So, so it didn't click at Stock May? Just it just didn't it that's just didn't mad. happen for me. It just didn't Bro, that's like me. just under three years. Yeah, no, no, that's it just, it just didn't happen. It just didn't happen for me. It just and I and it's nothing I don't think it's it's got anything to do with um anyone there or it, well, no, if, you're, yeah. if you're playing the blame game then you're <laughs> not gonna improve are you? It wasn't no no I take full blame, you know. So it, how how did you stay in that role, mate? I like <laughs> what made you stay in that role? Do you know what I mean? I don't that's know. difficult. Do you know what? That it's it's hard because everyone, you know, they're taking a leap of faith on you. Uh, you know the pressure's on. You're feeling the pressure because you want to deliver, but it's just not quite happening. Um, there's, you know, and, and I'm I'm the kind of person that takes all the blame on. You know, there, there's I, I I don't like playing the blame game. There's only one person that's responsible for the outcome, and that's and that's me. Definitely. So, f- for me personally, it was difficult. It was challenging, but there wasn't really anyone else to blame. I had the tools that I needed. You know, I was trained well. I had a good mentor. There wasn't. It just was. It was just one of those times where it just didn't quite happen to me. And I'm I'm usually. Over the years, I've been successful at what I've done. You know, I've really tried hard to achieve targets and goals, and you know, really push myself. But it just, for whatever reason, it just, it just didn't happen for me. How did you keep your job? <laughs> you have to ask. You'll have to ask the CEO. It, it was. So that, that's like real. That's, that's a real question, though. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because like. Yeah. That's mad. Yeah. I mean, it, it, don't get me wrong. It wasn't. It wasn't. You know, I, I was still billing, but it wasn't fireworks. I mean, we we worked off. Well, of, did I you do like over hundred k? Um, so we then worked. We then worked on a on a team basis. So myself, another, oh. yeah, another. So basically, it was underneath, uh, let's say, a three hundred and sixty, and then there was myself delivering another um, um, colleague that was delivering. So we worked off a team. So effectively, we well, got team commission. So we got team commission. Oh no! Nah. Yeah, really? yeah, yeah, yeah. So effectively, put it this way. So we we worked together as a team. So we we could effectively help ourselves. And, and each other out on the months where one of us maybe didn't do so great. There might have been quarters where one person did really well and the other didn't, but we had that relationship between each other. Okay. That was really good. We're all friends. We all knew each other and we were all prepared. We all prepared to do that. We were all on board with that. That wasn't something that was put upon us. That's something that we agreed with really? together. Yeah. yeah. So really, it, it, in all essence, that was probably one of the main reasons. But yeah. as a team, we did deliver. But personally, I would. I would you, felt, you felt like you could have brought more to the 100%, table. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Okay, just just quickly because this is the first time this we've spoken about this, and I don't obviously we won't make the assumption like this is what it's like throughout the whole company. With the, well, you, within your time there, you agreed as a team that you're gonna yeah. do it in a team approach. Like, how the hell did that work commission wise? Just quickly because that, that never, yeah, it was. I mean? it, it, so effectively, we got paid. A, a team commission, the 360 individual who owned the clients um, and the account relationships, they obviously got a larger part of the uh, uh, yeah. of, of the um, of the commission. But then 
it always meant that me and the other um, individual, my colleague, we always got something, you know, it, it always yeah. meant that we, which in essence actually wasn't too bad because it always meant that you got some type of commission. Yeah. Um, but, it, but it also didn't mean that there was never any fireworks. Yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, so, yeah. It was, so it could have been better, but it could have been worse. You know, the, the months that you don't bill and you're not getting any commission, you know, yeah. often recruiters base commission isn't very good. So yeah, in yeah, essence, yeah. it actually didn't work out too badly. But of course, it was, you know, when you get into recruitment, you're getting into it for the pa big paychecks. You know, you want yeah. that success. You want the, you know, the um, the big commission. Um, but it definitely didn't happen for me there. And, and it was it was really tough because, you know, it was a long period not to have that taste. And it, I was always having conversations with my mentor. And we're always, you know, he was always, um, you know, believing in me, telling me that, you know, I could do the job. That I, yeah. It was just a matter of time. You know, he, he the, the belief there was one of the big reasons which, which kept me going. Um, and could, could you do team commission again? <laughs> <laughs> Answer it. Well, be honest. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah, I could. Not now. There's fireworks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think. Do you know what we've? You know, we've got a system at SOAP where um, I think it's a little bit different. It's not the same to to um, what what we were doing at, at uh, Stott and May. So actually. It um, there's there's good and bad bits to that, and and also I'm I'm investing in the um, the people we bring in. You know, yeah, I was once an associate, and for me, it's nice to um, you know one of my you know part of my job is to is, is to progress them. You know, is to, to, to teach them, them yeah, to mental yeah, help yeah. them and get them to where they want to be. Just just like I was yeah. eventually. Man, I can do team commission, mate. Yeah, it's look, it's not for everybody, um, and uh, I, I think it's important to it's important to help out. The individuals around you and if it if it if, if, you know essentially if it gets them to where they need to be it gets a business to where it needs to be then yeah. you'd say this though yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, fair yeah. Enough. no that's fair enough i just think that, that's that's so interesting that yeah. team commission concept yeah. like that that's that's um really interesting i was on the phone to someone the other day who said they had team commission and i was just like oh my god like there's yeah i don't think i could ever do that but what i just wanted to ask you quickly before we really dig into sort of that moment you experience and sort of the journey you're on now and sort of what you've been able to achieve because I think that's, that's where a lot of people get value. So um, you mentioned obviously mentor a few times. Mm. Talk to me a bit about that because that's something that I'm really passionate about and yeah. I think a lot of people can benefit from. So um, was the, this mentor, was it someone within the business? Was it? Yeah. Okay. And um, how did this relationship form then? Was it something that the business promoted? Does it happen organically? Yeah, he's, I'm, I'm still with him now. So he basically, he's the individual that brought me into the business. He was he mentored me. Okay. Um, well, and then was he your manager? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So, and everything that I essentially learned majority of it came through him. Really? Um, there were other senior stakeholders in the business, you know, the team leads, individuals that I still work with today as well who had a big input. Um, but most of it came through him. Okay. And that's and really important. Yeah. That's something that I'm trying to, you know, trying to... Just, just tell me a bit about how did that, how did that then, obviously, how did you then, um, how did that become, yeah, a mentor? Obviously, this person was your manager. Yeah. So like, what what... What was the sort of slight differences in terms of look, made a, a bit more of a mentor? Do you, do you get what I mean? What yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Sort of well, well, it's, it's interesting because it was it's, it's the, the relationship actually evolved that way. Okay. The relationship, obviously, I knew him personally. We were friends. We'd worked together before. Um, we'd always been fairly close, and we'd grown up um, in the same circles. Um, but then when I came um, into the business at start of May, it was you know with him all the time we yeah. traveled up to, to london together we got the train together um he essentially taught me um he gave me the training program 
Um, he or he was one of the individuals that came up with the training program and delivered the training program. Yeah. So he invested a lot of time into me. One hundred percent. We have quite similar personalities. Um, we butt heads a little bit yeah. <laughs> as well because we're quite similar. Um, but at the same time, um, we share a lot of the same interests, uh, the passion, uh, the drive. You know, we, we do share a lot of the same traits. So um, it was quite easy to learn off him and soak yeah, it up. Yeah. And I think he found it easy to work with me as well and, and to deliver the message. Um, so, yeah, to be, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be where I am today without him 100%. Like it. Last thing before we move on to soap, just because I remember our own personal conversations, this came up. Big Bill is at Stock May. Yeah. See any of those when you were there? Yes. Yep. What I did, did. I, I saw a few. What did, what did you notice um, in these people? Okay, so what did I know about CP? These people were um, dedicated, 100% um, knew their market, um, always consistent, always, always consistent. Um, I and think, was that in what they were doing on a daily basis? Yeah, or, on a daily basis. Because it's more than consistent, always seeing their name on the board or whatever it's like. Do you no, know what I mean? it's, it's, and I keep, I say the word obsession quite a lot. I think you have to be, I think you have to be, um, to, 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 to be at that level where you can, where you can build X amount, you know, year in, year out or quarter in, quarter out. It's tough. It's difficult. There's so many things you need to take into consideration. So many different factors that um, a lot of them are outside of your control. There's only so much you can control. Which is yeah. which is really interesting with recruitment because you know control the controllables and then the rest of it there isn't much you can do about it. Try your best to yeah. um, uh, you know influence, but um, I think every every individual that I saw had very similar traits and it and it was the fact they were very very consistent. Um, they were dedicated day in day out. They always you know they always performed. Um, it was very rare that you saw them have like an off day or a bad day. It was keeping a real high level of intensity. Um, and that's hard. And, and it definitely, it definitely inspired me. That's one thing that I noticed that, um, you know, seeing these individuals walk around the office, yeah. you know, there, um, there was a, an awe around these people. Right. And it, it motivated me. You know, one of the first things I saw when I went into, you know, the office was, you know, the, the, the wall that had all the money on it and the billings and everyone was right. And I was like, wow, I had no idea how, how, what it meant yeah. and how it was, um, how the commissions worked. But when I saw the numbers on the board, on the, on, on the wall, I was like, you know, is this possible? This is wow. Yeah. Wow. So, you know, one of the first weeks I think I was there, um, I was like, this is just, you know, the, the unreal type of money. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Interesting. So then, um, let's start in May. Mm. Obviously, you started so yeah with uh, business partners. Yes, yeah. how long are you into that journey now? Um, over two years. It's over two years. Just over two yeah. years. Um, and talk to me a bit about the beginning of that journey, mate. Definitely not going to be easy. <laughs> no, it's not going to so be it easy. Was you, it who, was who was that? It was it was myself, um, two other colleagues. Um, I, like I said, after we did our internal stint, um, we then basically got into a position where we we wanted to we had our own ideas we had our own ideas of the we had our own message um i felt after we worked internally for a vendor and really understood some of the challenges they faced how long did you do that for um six about six months okay let's just focus on that for a sec yeah just because i think there's so much value that people can get out of that 
So let's just talk a bit about, as you were just saying there, sorry, mate, six months. So that yeah. you started your journey with, so yeah, six yeah. months at this vendor. Yeah. So when you say vendor, you're in the cybersecurity space. Cybersecurity space. So, okay. So you worked internally. Yeah. So let's just share with everyone, what were the, the really real challenges that you saw within this business on the recruitment side? Yeah. And then also let's think about how much did you get involved? Like, like as a recruiter, yeah. what were the, some of the horrific things that you saw from yeah. the agencies that tried to, do you know what I mean? It was, let's talk it a bit was, about that. Yeah, it was, I think the, a real big challenge was aligning um, stakeholders, aligning people, ensuring mm. everybody was on the same page because you've got, you've got hiring managers and stakeholders in different regions, different cultures, different communication styles who want one thing. Then you've got TA who have another objective, which is not too dissimilar to the stakeholder in that region, but um, they have a, an objective they need to achieve. And then even HR and the finance side of things, you have so many different business units and stakeholders that of course all want the, the common end goal, which is to hire somebody, yeah. <laughs> but they're not always aligned. And I think that was the biggest eye opener was that, being on the other side of the fence as an agent um, in an agency and thinking over the years, like, you know, getting disgruntled with the TA teams, hiring managers, yeah, you know, why haven't they offered a candidate or, you know, some of the challenges you face, you don't actually realize um, how they come about until you're um, in that position yourself, in essence, which is where we found ourselves. And, and actually, it, it really gave us an insight into the daily challenges um, that... Um, that they go through and it, it really allowed me to understand the the their position and what I can do as an agent differently to try and help them and I think that was really interesting because it it, it gave me the it gave me an insight into the businesses the tough businesses that I was um, you know working with yeah but really get to understand the internal workings and it was really really invaluable that's that's crazy that you even you found it a challenge being internal within the yeah. four walls Absolutely. Uh, the, the state, do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let Absolutely. alone being outside. Well, no, it, That's crazy. It, it, it just doesn't, not a whole lot, you know, of course a lot changes, but there's different There's different challenges. Um, and I don't think you really understand that. It, it's, it's, it's tough. It's really tough. You know, these are sometimes hyper growth, you know, vendors that are experiencing huge growth um, that are willing to um, invest in bringing people, you know, into their teams globally. Um, but things things happen so quickly. Things can change so quickly. You know, the ideas, the budgets, there's so many things that can change. And then, like I said, you've got different people, different stakeholders within different business units all pulling yeah, you know, left yeah. and right, okay. different, who all want different things. And mm. it's so hard. That was the biggest challenge to try and align everybody to, to get that common goal. So with that in mind then, definitely people listening in their market that aren't in your world are definitely going to experience the same challenge. I think that's, yeah. that's fair to say, right? 100%. So let's let's just share with everyone then, mate. With that with that challenge that you saw, that you mm. experienced, mm. how can people and how do you approach now getting yeah getting the stakeholders within within the clients that you work with more aligned? Like how knowing what you know now, how how do you, how can you try and get these people al yeah. aligned? It's it's I think it's com communication, understanding the the main drivers from all the stakeholders involved. What are the main drivers that they that they okay. all have? Because effectively, some of them will be the same, and it's trying to align them all together yeah. and getting them to work to achieve that that end goal. That that is a, a tough side, but if you can, if you can have some control over the process, I think now that now that I'm out, um, you know, in the you know back in agency and and you know working with the clients we do today, it's um, I think the process is it's trying to it's trying to 
understand and having control over the recruitment process. That is really important. And when I worked internally, I got an insight into how um, how it works. When 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 you're from the outside, you don't really have that much visibility. You, you're only told what you're told. Yeah. Sometimes you don't have it. You don't have any um, exposure to hiring managers. You know, you might not. You know, you might just work purely with the TA. Um, that's that's the policy some vendors have, right? So um, that there isn't a huge amount you can do. But if you can, um, you know, have that um, that that direct line, and you can create some type of control. That you know, th- these are the types of things that gave me a better understanding about. And I really think maybe that's a big reason as to why now I'm having a lot more success because I I understand um, better how these companies work internally. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. So. Firstly, you need to actually understand who who's involved in in um, making um, making this hire, or who's yeah. involved in enabling me to put this person into this business, or whatever. And then uh, again, filling that down. So right, so there's there's three people involved: hiring manager, yeah. um, owner of the business, and TA, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Just yeah. making it up, mm. and actually then treating those people as individuals and yeah. why it's important to them to get that Absolutely. hire. Absolutely, and some of them may be the same. Yeah, as you quite said, some of them might be the difference. So then, mm. when I'm speaking to TA and going look Susie mm. um, like this is where we're at with things blah 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 remember you told me why this is really important to get this higher you know yeah, so you've yeah. got your headcount targets blah 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 yeah. and then you're on the phone to Jim who's a hiring manager and go look Jim like this is where we're at with it blah 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 you know you told me like this is going to enable you to hit your quota target exactly, or whatever exactly is that fair the, to the say that? The recruit is still inside you is that fair to say <laughs> that? absolutely so absolutely. I think a lot of people can benefit from that it's like don't treat everyone with this that they all have this also yeah. everyone has the same objective yeah, absolutely but the same drivers and then i'm assuming that you then if you really make the time to understand these people on an individual basis and individual drivers you can then exactly. use that to influence and exactly and also they've they've it's, it's often it's also the types of individuals that these people are looking for and we find it quite often with the clients that we work with today it's like you know that the, the the stakeholders in different regions might have an idea of what they want yeah but then the hr and ta team they might have a different opinion on what they're looking for. And it's actually sometimes they're not even aligned on the type of person they want. So it can be so challenging. There's, and these are the things that it's quite difficult because you can try and have control on, you, you probably want control on everything, but the, the reality is you're not going to get that. So it's about trying to influence and control where you can and then guide the process. But you know, ultimately you can't have control over everything, but understanding, communicating with your clients and understanding them as people. I think it's so close to, it's so important, sorry, to understand who you're working with, you know, their own values, you know, what that, that individual is about, what he's looking for or what she may be looking for in the type of people they want to bring in. I think the better you understand the bigger picture, um, the more the more chance you have of um, delivering value to your customer. And that's, that's you know, the bottom line is what what are you going to do differently? You know, how can you provide better value than, than your competition? Um, yeah, you just touched on it then. I was just interested to get your thoughts on when you say, contr- like, obviously try and control the recruitment process, stuff like that. I mean, you're, surely, you, like, now on, obviously, dealing with different clients, blah, 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 you're limited to, like, what, what for you then, knowing what you know now, blah, 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 like, what, what part of the recruitment process is like really key to you that you have influence over and do, do you know what I mean? That's difficult. Yes, it's tough. And again, every client's different and they all have different, um, they all have different processes. They all have different rules of engagement in terms of engagement. You know, it never, I don't think any two clients are the same. Um, I just think it's really important to ensure that you, you and the individuals that you're working with are all aligned. I think it's good to have, um, 
timelines in place. I think it's really important to as to understand what that what your client wants, how they're gonna well, how they're gonna achieve that, and what they're what they're also willing to do. What are they willing the effort, the commitment they're willing to make for you to also achieve your your end goal? Okay, because it's it's a partnership, and I think when everybody's aligned including the agent i think there's that you can create a really streamlined process and again that's that's obviously in, a, in an ideal world but i think having having the ability to 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 speak with meet with these people um really understand what they're looking for you, you that's the only way i think if you if you if you treat it as too much of a numbers game you're not you're not going to get the outcomes you want and you won't you won't be as targeted so i think having that um you know, speaking with them, meeting them, understanding, you know, the, really in detail what they need, what they want, and then also getting the commitment from them. That is really important because without that, it, you know, the processes, you know, interviewing, things can take so long. And then, you know, the time kills deals. That's what, that's the big thing. Yeah, yeah. So the longer things goes on, the longer the process can take, it can really affect the outcome. Okay. So how was all of this and how you're approaching things and sort of your perspective on all this impacted your performance then, mate? I think, I think that's what's been the big difference for me. I think now that, now that I had that experience, you know, understanding how the internal companies work, understanding how my clients worked, um, I think that's really allowed me to position myself better with my clients, Okay, allowed me to add more value to them and essentially allowed me to build more because I'm able to control better the process than I did before. Don't get me wrong; it's not perfect. It's yeah. there's always room for improvement. But you just have more of an understanding more of all the moving parts, and that's definitely the difference between what I was doing before and what I'm doing now. So, what are you on track to do this year, mate? <laughs> Come on, what are you hoping to um, get? Mate? Plus three hundred, plus three hundred. Yeah, 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 yeah. Good pipeline for Q4s. Will, will that be your biggest year? If you oh yeah, yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. What did you do the year before? Um, hundred eighty, I think. Hundred eighty. Hundred eighty. Yep. Let's talk about this for a sec. Yep. I think a, a real comment, thinking of, uh, so a few, just a couple of more things I want to go into. Yep. Real common thing that people ask me about is business development. I know that's something that you feel pretty strongly about when you're talking about the client piece, blah, blah, blah. So, um, but just, just for a sec, let, let's sort of go into sort of Ali working at Stotter May, being a bit of a flop. Yep. Now obviously joining, uh, obviously being part of the soap journey, yeah. um, building 100 k, 180k in your first year yeah. to now hoping to break the 300k mark. Like that's yeah. a pretty hefty jump and yeah. a different mm. circumstance that you're now in. Yeah. So let let let's break this down a bit because I think a, a real common thing that people ask me is, um, Hisham, I'm I'm at the sort of 200k mark, 250k mark. I want to break mm. the 300k mark. I'd love for you to talk to people about how they've broken through that plateau do you know what yeah. i mean let's talk about that so i'm sure some of the things you already spoken may contribute to this as you were just saying but yeah how how do you think and what part key parts have sort of contributed to you yeah potentially being able to break that 300k mark i think so uh, the, the firstly the big thing was uh, as soon as i joined soap i was doing um 360 role so i was doing had my own clients where i was going and, and delivering on my own clients before that i wasn't i was doing purely delivery yeah. but um it's something that i that i really that i felt that i fell into really well i've always been in previous sales role i've always been quite new business focused it wasn't something that i had a problem with you know trying to um reach out to new clients and leveraging my network and relationships to to, to get meetings and bring on new roles i, I actually you know, I actually enjoy that, and and that's a really strong part of of um, 
my uh, my abilities. But um, I think the like the difference is now is that it's working working roles that you know you can fill okay. is, is really important. I think working the quality of job. Something we're really hot on is making sure you invest your time working on the roles that you have a much higher chance of filling, whether that's about the control you have, the relationship you have with the client, wherever that relationship may be. Invest your time on filling those roles where you've got better chances. Yeah. Quick one. Sorry to butt in. Yep. How do you measure if it's a fillable role? Okay, so we've, um, we've, we've got our own... We've got our own analyzer give it to me um <laughs> come on so we so basically uh, it's a brainchild of one of the the directors and he's um he's very very creative with this kind of stuff and there's something actually uh, a, a new process that he's put in where we kind of analyze our clients and we look at um we, we score them and rate them okay um for, for different things on you know f- from many things we talked about earlier you know what kind of relationships you have who you're speaking with budget for roles, um, time to hire, you know, have they got interviews, et cetera, arranged, quite a few different things. We then give them each of those a score. Okay. You do personally? Uh, yeah, personally, we've, we've out, of, them out of five. Out of five. Okay. And then we rate them at the end. So you get this, the final figure. Yeah. Um, and then you, you can gauge there. It's, it's quite interesting because then you can actually go, hold on a minute. I thought I had a really good, this, you know, this was a, a, a really good client of ours that we've got really good quality jobs. And then you actually look at it and you think, hold on a minute. Actually, it didn't score as high as I thought it would. You know, where can I make differences? Wait, what are the key metrics again? Sorry. I think so, that's really useful for people to know. Yeah, so it, there's there's quite a few different things. But, but what we, are the core but, metrics? But we, we rate on, um, so the relationship we have, right? With, what, and you with, just, is, how do you measure that though? Just like, so you, who, just, who, you just who, say. Who, who with? How, how, like, for example, how often are you speaking with these, um, okay. uh, with the clients? Yeah, yeah. Do you have weekly calls? Are you speaking to TA? Are you speaking to a hiring manager? Okay, okay. Is this someone you've worked with before? And that all contributes to the measuring yeah, so, of so how good the relationship exactly is. Exactly that. Okay. Um, you know, have they got budget for a role? Yeah. Do you have, um, is, are they exclusive terms? Are you working retained? Yeah. Are you, there's, there's so many, there's, there's quite a few different things okay, to think cool. about, right? Um, and then that spits out an overall number. That spits and then out it's a number. like X means that this is for a very example, let's, let's say out of Let's just say out of 20. Let's say out of 20 and... You, you score 10, you're like, okay, hold on a minute, That's I thought it was going to be higher than that. And then th- th- then that allows you, and, and also it allows you to see where you could be weak on the account and where you could see the yeah. development. So really, really good tool. Um, and that gives us a chance to really understand um, what level of service we're providing for our clients at the moment and where we can improve. Um, and, you know, there's always areas where you think you can improve, but it's also down to the client as well to work with you. And it's actually quite a good tool to use to show them and say, you know, we've actually, we, we gained feedback from the clients on this and it's um it's quite interesting to get their feedback because it also allows them to see maybe whether they're slightly weak. So if you've got a good relationship with, with, with the internal talent acquisition teams, you can position this in a way where it's actually um, beneficial for them to understand, um, you know, how, how, how it is or how, what it looks like for an agency to work with them. So it actually gives yeah, them... Yeah, no, I, I totally get that. So it's like, look, TA... Like typically, where our best relationships, where we offer the best value, exactly, they typically rate around this. Exactly. What I've noticed is it's right now work. we're poor in these areas. Exactly. If if you're serious about getting to where you want to get to achieve your targets, exactly. this is why we need to invest that. So, <clears throat> I think that's wicked. So, just quickly before you yeah. talk about other things, so definitely couldn't agree more. Work jobs that you can fill. Yeah. Yeah. And you've become really good at that. Yeah. Including think this system like this. So. For someone listening right now who be like, Ali, this sounds great. However, it sounds a bit complex, blah, blah, blah. From your 
experience, yeah. what have you always made sure out of all those metrics? Typically, if it's one or two things, one thing that you make sure it's scoring high, would you say like, do you know what I mean? <clears throat> you've, I think you've always you've always got to ensure that you're you're staying close to the market. You're speaking to candidates, whether they're new or old, keeping in touch. Um, a, a really interesting thing is I made I've made a lot of placements with candidates who I initially didn't have um, success with with placing or getting them interested with a role. Right, it, a, a lot of people may just um, make an assumption. Assumptions are a really bad thing to do. You should never assume yeah, in this yeah. case. Wait, wait, wait. I don't know if I, I don't know if I made that question clear. <laughs> We're gonna go into this. Yeah. So what I just wanted from you, sorry, yeah. was like you know you're talking about the metric. Yeah. All I just wanted you to sort of say was like right if I, if there was one thing. Yeah. Or two things, three things, whatever. Yeah. That you you that you always make sure that your client scores high on. Oh, clients. You get sorry, what right, I mean? okay. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, okay. that was my bad. So what I just wanted to sort of finalise that was. Yeah, sorry, sorry. Ali, this sounds great. Okay, yeah, Hundred yeah. percent. I need to be making sure that I'm measuring my relationships. I'm working for liberal jobs. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So what I just want to say was, if someone's listening right now and they're like, right, so obviously I'm, I'm maybe it'd be a bit difficult to measure all the metrics. I don't yeah. have this, blah blah blah, but. I listened to this podcast and Ali said, if I always make sure that XXX is always scoring higher, I feel really strongly about it, that's going to mean that I'm going to have the best possible chance of filling the job. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So, so for you, what okay. do you always make sure it, scores it, higher? It's, it's always at the level of engagement, right? Okay. So, so, so the terms are com commercial terms, but the level of engagement with the, with, with the client. So okay. whether it's, you know, obviously retained is always the best, but yeah. exclusive, having exclusivity yeah. on a role for a period of time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the better relationship, of course, the, 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 the more trust you'll have. But, um, and even proving yourself. And what I've done over the past um, with, with new clients is always ask them to measure me on my success okay. and giving me a chance and giving me an opportunity to prove myself on a set period of time. Yeah. And then if I don't, then then fine. Yeah. I haven't I haven't proven myself to you. And I always find that because that's given me an opportunity to, to, to produce and, and put me under pressure. Okay, so it's, so it's ultimately, there's a lot of factors that go into it, but if you're listening right now, really think about the level of engagement level that of these engagement. clients are giving you that yep. you have jobs for. Absolutely. Like, even as much as, are they returning your calls? Like, yes. Are they giving you interview feedback quickly? Exactly. Are they, are they willing to give you a chance to see if you can deliver, blah, blah, blah. Okay. So there's a lot of things that go into it, but ultimately... The core of it is if you're listening right now and you want to build more, let's look at your client, take a back, look at your clients like, right, who do I have the best relationships with now? And think exactly. about how engaged are they in, with you and these exactly things. That. Exactly that. Exactly. It's the quality. Exactly that. All right, cool. So, and then obviously, as you were saying, mate, sorry to butt in, but I just wanted to make that clear. So like, as we were talking about, like, how has Ali gone to this point where you're looking at breaking the 300k mark? So you're just talking about then what other things come to mind for you then? So what yeah. other things do you think is really contribute not, to? Not being complacent, not assuming, like I said earlier, not assuming. Assuming is big, isn't it? It's. I used to be quite bad at it. It's the mother of all, as you know. Yeah, at the, <laughs> at the beginning, it's so easy. I remember it so clearly. It's like it's so easy at the beginning because there's an element of like being a bit like a bit, a bit not as confident on the phone, blah blah blah. But it's so easy to go if like you was managing me and I was looking at the CV. I'd be like, nah, yeah, like you're looking for the thing that makes you decide not to call exactly. them. Exactly. In it. It's and, mad. and you're making that decision in your mind without even speaking to them, right? And yeah. Do you know what the best thing, but the worst thing for that is? The best and the worst thing, um, which has happened to me before, still happens to me to now sometimes. And actually, one of the best things to keep me on my toes is when a candidate that I know in my network, who, who I know pretty well, I decided wasn't good for a particular role, then that individual. Yes 
comes up on LinkedIn, ping, has started at that uh, client. Oh, that is the, that, and that is the biggest bite in the ass you can get yeah. for you to 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 realize that it, you can never assume. You just can't because things change so quickly. And it's and it's like I um, was saying before was that the amount of placements that I've made um, speaking to candidates even about the same job two or three months before who said no, but then two or three months later, things have changed, have then gone on and taken the job. It was, it was, it was things like that, which I think have, have really spun it for me, not being complacent, you know, complacent, sorry, not assuming anything, you know, ensuring that I'm speaking to my network, making sure I'm speaking to the best candidates possible, but never taking anything for granted. I think as soon as you do that and get complacent, is like you say, you can make you can make the tiniest little excuse in your head not to ring a candidate, and that's it. Then then they're off your list. How, do you, how list. do you catch yourself doing that now? Then because I'm sure obviously you managing obviously associates blah blah blah. Yeah. It, how do you ensure that you don't assume? Because it's so easy to do. It is so easy to do, and it's it's something that you try and filter down to the to the associates, and you try and give them your own experience. Like, yeah. Do you know what? I've done that before and it hurts when you see that happen when a, a candidate joins a client for oh, a role that you could have... That. It's painful. It's, it's money out your it's pocket. Horrible. It's money out your pocket and, and it's happened to us before it happened to us again. Oh, I hate that. Um, it's about trying to, um, as hard as possible, to, to limit it. Um, but it's, it's you know, you have to correct. You know, do not assume. Call them. Why? You know, why Why would you think they wouldn't? Oh, well, they might be out the budget or blah, 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 whatever it might be. You know, how many times have, you know, if you've got a good mm. relationship with your client, you can get your clients to try and increase the budget. You know, you could then try and get the candidate. If yeah. it's a dream role for the candidate, they're probably going to be willing to take a little bit less. So you're doing this to yourself. I'm sure that you might oh, need to Because I knew I needed my manager to do this a lot. 100%. So when we get people up, my old manager used to be like, so why haven't you called this person? And I have to justify what happened. Yeah. And it's like, fuck, I need you to call You still get called out now sometimes. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> exactly. So it's like, so you need to be having that conversation with yourself. 100%. So if you, it's having that what you yeah. preach. You've got to yeah, you got, so you've got to catch yourself. <clears throat> if you've, if you, yeah, it's just being able to have that internal dialogue and be like, yeah. okay, so I've just made a decision not to call this person. Why? My mentor always said was, your, you know, what, what is your gut saying, right? And your gut, and if you, if you, if your, if your gut is, if you're trying to get out of calling someone, if you're trying to make an assumption, but your gut, if your gut is saying, but you have to call this person, you just got to go with it, and it's about being honest to yourself. Yeah, you know, if if if. The worst thing is to see candidates join your clients and, and you oh. can put them in. And uh, you can't you can't afford to do that. Because it's, it's a phone call. It's a phone call. If you've got a relationship with that candidate already, yeah. you, you ask them. You know, the amount of times, this is a very quick market, um, cybersecurity market, software sales in general, enterprise sales, things can change so, so quickly that candidates could say no to you one week and literally the next week, could, it could be a completely different story. yeah. yeah. Anything else? So we've talking about make, like working jobs that you can fill, yeah. making sure you're working with clients that are engaged, and and uh, as we said, can can um, obviously um, make money out of those relationships. Yeah, yeah. Don't assume. Don't assume. Anything else, mate? That Place sort of comes up for you in terms of. Again, like, like I said, I think for me a big difference was was when I was when I was prepared to go above and beyond and and become a bit more, use the word obsessed with it. That that is where it, where it came for me was that you know when I was doing work or, or researching outside of work hours, you know, when I was prepared to, you know, take a shorter lunch break or, yeah. um, you know, just just doing whatever I could to give myself the opportunity, you know, working more roles, getting more candidates in, just giving myself every chance I could to ensure that I filled a role, that I got my, my, um, yeah. my pipeline big enough to close as much as possible. And I think as soon as you make the, the commitment to um, to do what others won't, 
that is when you'll see a big difference you know and and uh, you know it's it's tough it's difficult but when you when when it clicks and it changes and i think a lot of recruits have that light bulb eureka moment where yeah, yeah, yeah. you know wow it all changed it's you know it then you start getting all the benefits and um you know achieving the success and the billings, whatever it may be, whatever your idea of success is, as soon as you start achieving that, it becomes like a drug and yeah. you just want to keep doing it and doing it and doing so it. So what you're talking about here is mindset and work ethic. Mindset and work ethic. I think that is a, you know, the, 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 you know, a big thing is to listen, is to, is to listen, right, to your, to your mentor, whoever your manager is, you know, if you believe in them and you trust in them uh, and they've put the, the belief in bringing you on board, you know, listen to what they've got to say. It's so important because salespeople often, depending where you're coming from, whether it's from a recruitment background or whatever else, you know, you you often think you know everything. Yeah, a lot definitely. of people do, do you know? And um, you know, as soon as you listen, take things on board, be open to learning. You know, um, that that was a big thing for me as well, big big time. And and I think that's a big thing for everybody else out there is if you wanna, if you really want to to make it happen, the mindset, being consistent. You know, making sure you're speaking to candidates. Um, this is this is a, a job that you've got to call people. You know, you've got to get on the phone. You've got to speak to people. Yeah, it's so important. You know, it's um, it's it's not it's not about who's got the the the, the best call times every day, or the best call stats. It's obviously quality of who you're speaking to and the kind of conversations you're having. But you're not, you're not going to get anywhere if you don't if you don't speak to candidates. You know, if you don't speak to the market, that's where you'll learn everything. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I love that, mate. And then j- just to add to that point. At the um, live event, Tony, who was on the panel, he said uh, he he quoted um, a book uh, called Legacy, mm. which is th- to do with the All Blacks. Yeah, and um, one of the things that he said, which I think is great, and and sort of um, as to your point, so it'd be interesting to get to get your point on this is like where like their sort of commitment was always when they're at the top of their game, like always open to evolve and always open. You have to be. Do you know what I mean? Have to be. So it's that. So like 100%. I can sense from you, it's like, okay, yeah. so I might hit this mark, but that doesn't mean that I no. know it all. And do you Absolutely know what I mean? So not. I no, that's, no, no, no. That's, you've no. got to be prepared to. You, 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 you have to be. And, and do you know what? It's, um, and again, uh, coming from what I saw myself at, at, at previous companies, what, you know, the mentor, my mentor, um, you know, seeing how much he built and, you always have to be willing to learn, take things on board. There's, there is, you know, I'm still relatively fresh into to my recruitment career. I think, I think, yeah. I, really, I am. I don't think I'm. Um, there's no, there's so much more room for improvement, and you have to be willing and have that mindset. It's very easy to have a good month, a good quarter, a good year. You, you really are, you know, performing at a level or at that top level when you are doing it quarter in, quarter out, year in, year out. That is when you're mastering your market. And, you know, I've, I've got um, ambitions to, to do better. You know, I want to do better next year. You know, I want to, 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 to build more. I want to bring on more clients. And that, that for me is I'm always looking and striving to do better. And that, that, I don't think that will stop. And that's a big thing for me personally. Is Was you always like that? I was always very competitive. I've come from like quite a sporting background. I played sports to quite a high level. I was very, you know, into, um, you know, individual and team sports and that, that ingrained it in me, right? But I think the thing with the recruitment is because it's quite entrepreneurial and, it, and it's, it's, all a, it's all a direct, everything that, that, that you gain is directly from your effort and your yeah. impact. 
then it becomes you start seeing actually well if I put in that energy if I put yeah. in that effort you know if I make sure I'm consistent every day things grow yeah, and that's, that's why it's, it's, it's a business within a business and it, again it's, it's there's so many cliches in recruitment but they're all there for a reason because they're true and yeah, it's, yeah. it's about what you can make of it um, not when you're on team commission mate <laughs> <laughs> not <laughs> anymore <laughs> but no yeah totally all changed. I think that, that's, that was that, when it all changed that is, that is, that is the mindset that you want to have isn't it? That, yeah. that is what it's all and, about and it's, it's do you know what it's and when I say about committing to it and, and becoming obsessed, it's you know it's when I stopped you know you know partying as much. You know I enjoyed yeah. going out and having a good time and everything, enjoying my family and friends. But when I started thinking to myself, actually, you know, if I do go out and if I do come in and have two, two or three days where I'm still catching up with myself, so I'm feeling a little bit yeah, rough yeah. or whatever it might be, you know that th those little chunks they take up. Yeah, you, know, yeah. you add them all up, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, a couple of things before we finish. Yeah. BD, yeah. always talk about it on here just because it's, it's, it's a, as I'm sure you, you've experienced in people around you, mm. people that you hire now, it's, it's a hard part of the job. Yeah. Um, it was definitely a difficult part for me. Obviously, as you said, you from your prior experience getting into recruitment, you've been in the B2B world, you've always been in the phone, new business, et cetera, et cetera. So um, obviously from what from sort of our relationship and what I know about you, you, you see and you have a focus on BD and yeah. that's a, a big contributor to you um, billing more, et cetera. Yeah. So let's just talk a bit about sort of your perspective on business development. I mean, firstly, from the associate, I know obviously you've got a model where people deliver and, and focus on candidates, et cetera, but typically what are some of the things that you you see or feel like people do on the BD front that, that sort of prevents them from having that success? Do, do you know what I mean? I what are some got, of the... I think you've got to... I, I personally believe that actually bringing on a role isn't as hard as people think. I think bringing on clients and bringing on a role is actually easier than filling it. That's my personal belief, right? Yeah. Um, I think people and, and consultants, and we have it where we've got um, associates and consultants at the moment who are making that transition in their journey from going from a delivery consultant into looking like into going 360. 360. Yeah, yeah. And it's about, it's about the process you have. It's about um, how do you approach it. Um, I don't think, th th the big thing for me, the big difference for me was when I stopped looking at hiring managers and big, um, big titles and big names as people that were unapproachable, people that um, would, would not speak to me, that wouldn't answer the phone what to me. What changed that? Um, I had that challenge. That the mindset was just that I, I, w what I started doing was treating them as a candidate. Yeah. As soon as I started treating a client as a candidate, I could I could extract all the information I needed. Yeah. I could understand uh, more about them. I could I could actually offer them a bit more value when I was talking on their level as not someone that just wanted something from them. Yeah. Someone was actually prepared to speak to them and understand what they might be looking for when they move. You know, I think too many BD um, or, or individuals um, recruiters that, that are uh, trying to move into BD. You know, they're, they're, they're cold calling and they're just going straight in for the kill. They're going straight in trying to you know pick up roles and. Um, you know, I just don't think that's the best approach. I think as soon as you start treating them like um, a client and building, sorry, as a candidate and building long-term relationships. And again, I said this before about, um, you know, with candidates where I've, where I've not, um, may have placed a candidate two or three months after the first time I spoke to them about a particular role or where they might have said no. The same thing applies for for a client. You know, you're not always going to you know sh uh, score a goal on the first shot, right? You have to be prepared to play a little bit of the long game, keep in touch. You know, say you'll follow up when you say you're going to follow up. Yeah. Um, you know, things again. Things change in their world a lot. So it's it, there's so many things that need you need to consider. But but a lot of recruiters will not do what they say they're going to do. 
So if you say you're going to follow up, if you're going to keep in contact, you know, um, follow up when you say you're going to follow up, yeah, you know, take, a, take, that's take an interest. That's, that's come up a couple of times. Towards, do you do you book it? Do you say, right, do you agree it there and then on the call? Absolutely. Agree it there and then on the call. Um, you know, I, I make sure I stay in contact with them via WhatsApp. You your, and then you put it on your diary. Put it in my diary, just keep in contact, you know, share personal interest, you know, keep, keep keep close to them, talk, you know, discussing actually things about the market and their industry that are relevant, gaining their feedback on things. Um, it's it's a relationship. And, you know, if you want to become a trusted partner, it has to be a much more, you know, have to be on a deeper level than just transactional. Yeah, and yeah. I think as soon as you start getting relationships with these individuals and they begin to trust you more and, and it's more than just um, on a transactional level things will change and then you'll be the first person they think about again there's times when I've had you know um, clients that it's taken me you know six months or a year to convert which is a long time but then they become some of my biggest clients yeah it's about it's about you know the approach it's about doing what you say you're going to do keeping in touch with them keeping in contact um, taking interest, you know, speaking, being a master of your market. So you mentioned there around, obviously a lot of people typically just go straight in for the kill. Yeah. So you're talking about, yeah, if, I, if I'm, um, you're in my market and I see Ali, he's a CEO and I call him and it's like, Ali, I'm a specialist recruiter, blah, blah, blah. Like, have you got any jobs? Right, that's what you're talking about. Mm. How do you typically approach it now then? I think, look, there's a time and a place for that. I think if, if you speak to candidates um, who are actively interviewing and, they're interview. They, they tell you they're interviewing with um, a, a, a company that you're not working with for a particular role that you know you've got candidates for. Definitely go it, straight in for it. It can be. It can be as simple as that. It, it can be, and and it, it depends on their need. How urgent is that need for them? Yeah. If, if they're desperate, the likelihood is the hiring manager will say, "Yeah, just send me the candidate. I'll have a look at them. You know, if they're good, the CV's good, and I'll interview them." And it can be. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, yeah. But but more from the right, it probably isn't. Um, but I think it's a good approach is to be targeted and understanding where the need is. So if you do know that um, uh, that, that companies are looking for a particular individual in a, in a particular um, territory, if you know that they use agencies, you know, if you know that they engage with external headhunters to help support them, you can be targeted about your approach. Um, you can, you know, a, a lot of the times um, I've had um, and brought on new clients off the back of, you know, doing senior hires. So when yeah, I've had yeah. big senior hires um, for some of my clients and I've reached out to the market for, you know, senior leaders. Um, you it's know, like flipping them from candidates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you, you, you know, the likelihood is if you, if you get a short list of, of 10 candidates and one of them gets a job, you've got nine other candidates there that you've built up a, a good relationship with and shown them your process, shown them how you deal with yeah. a candidate, shown them the, the, the kind of um, detail you go into. Yeah. And, and then it's, for, it, it's a much easier conversation to go into, well, look, you know, you know, are you hiring? You know, what, you know, last time we spoke, you mentioned that you got some um, headcount coming up for the next year yeah, or yeah. you're replacing someone you're finding it difficult. Yeah, that's you know, always you that, that. That always seems like a bit of a, a quite effective way to. Yeah, I think it's 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 it's, you know, it's not it's not new. No, but it works. It works. It works. It works. And, you know, at the end of the day, if if, um, if, it's, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. You but know? I think I think the key part there is that mindset shift of making sure you don't look at hiring managers, CEOs, 100%. whoever. It is another yeah. human being. And I promise you now, what's so interesting, and I say it to all of the, um, the associates and consultants that are moving through into a 360, is I get the best response um, for um, 
particular jobs when they're senior leaders. I find that I get a better response rate when I'm reaching out to candidates for senior leadership roles than when I do for just a uh, an, an account manager in a particular region. Wait, wait, you're saying when you reach out to if senior I, people when you're talking to them about potential jobs, yeah, or are they open I, to yeah, jobs? Yeah, exactly. If I've got a senior and would hire, you all, would you make up a job or would you always do it when you've got a job? Let's be real. A bit of both. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, fair enough. That's a fair, because I definitely yeah, did that. 100%, and, and it is, yeah, I yeah. totally agree. Uh, you know, I'll be honest about it. It's um, it's a bit of both, um, but it's 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 so interesting to see that um, the senior leaders, you, 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 you build up this, you kind of put them on such a pedestal where you yeah, think they're yeah. so unapproachable. And, and and often, look, these guys are so busy, man. You know, they, they haven't got time to, to barely speak to their family, let alone a, another recruiter. But when you go to them with a senior level job, it is so interesting to see how how many of them respond. It's different. It's, different it's, 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 so, it's so interesting. Okay. That brings me on to the last sort of point. I'd be stupid to not talk to you about this, mate, because obviously we've been doing um, some stuff together. I think this ties quite nicely with the BD stuff, right? Comes a plug. <laughs> nah, no, no plug, mate. But I, will, I look, I, obviously, as you know, I'm really passionate about personal branding. Yep. So I think let's just, just talk a bit about sort of your experience in not doing overly loads a bit on LinkedIn, yep. like the typical recruiter, yep. to now you've you've become really consistent in sharing videos, blah, blah, yep. blah. So let's just focus on the BD piece. Like how how was sort of you do, you'd consistently sharing content amongst with the headhunting and, and yep, doing, yep. So then we're talking about how is it, how is it impacted? Massively. Yeah, so like, is it, has it, so like in, in terms of speaking to people off the back of videos there, yep. do you know what I mean? I've had, um, as you know, like you, you saw the success I've had, you know, even within the first day, the first hour. Yeah. Um, but it's what, what the, the interesting thing, the part that you brought that, um, that I think people know, but again, it's not committing to it. And, you, you know, you, you're, you're opening um, your eyes to using LinkedIn as, as a source to project to the market, to your network, yourself, your brand. Because at the end of the day, people are buying people, right? Yeah, yeah. The thing about recruitment is that people buy the uh, the individual and, and not necessarily the brand name. So it could Definitely. be any name. And um, and what you've done, and I think that the it, the impact it's had on, on you know, what I'm doing is, um, you know, I'm doing things differently to what other recruiters are doing, especially in my space. And, and what was interesting, what you brought to my attention was that a lot of my competitors I yeah, can't do yeah, anything. Yeah. So <laughs> it's been it's been able to feed everything that you're talking about. Exactly. Which is just the point because I think 100% everyone in terms of BD keep keep doing what you talk. As you said, don't you don't need to fix something that isn't broken. No. Do all of that, but then at the same time, you have an amazing tool right now in terms of LinkedIn. 100%. You can start sharing your opinions. So that that's just huge for me that people understand that that's also a tool in your arsenal yeah. that you can use. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Um, okay, mate. As we finish, yes. Um, what I wanted to um, ask you was one thing, actually, just yes. because I've been asked um, a lot about it recently. So I've always just mentioned it at the end. Counter offers. Yes. What's been your experience like that? In the because I've had quite a few messages recently saying, Hisham, I've really felt that the, like counter offers have become like yeah. they've been more prevalent than they have been in the last year or so. If that's because yeah. of Brexit, yeah. whatever. Yeah. How, what's been your sort of perspective on um, counter I've, I've been yeah, I've been stung a few times, if I'm honest. Um, but but the but the interesting thing is, and and the statistics around this is, you know, if someone, I think counter offers, you've always got to to, to speak to the candidate about and and remind them about the reasons they're looking in the first place. Yeah, yeah. I think there's a statistic out there, and I think it's above eighty percent that um, candidates who accept a counter offer from their current employer 
will leave their job within six months. I think it's Mate, I don't know how true that is. <laughs> I, I, it's, Mate, it's out there. It's out there. The thing is, the only reason I say that is <laughs> like I just, I just, I just like I've seen so many, so many recruiters do content on this. Yeah, and the percentage changes all the time. <laughs> Okay, well, <laughs> but I get what you're saying. So, do you do you say that to candidates? I've used I've used the number, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, but but at the same time, it's you have to remind them what you know. Why, why are you leaving, looking yeah. leaving? Because money, if if it was about money, you, the likelihood is, if the if, if your client who wants to hire that candidate really wants them, and in a, a business their current employer comes in with a counter offer, if your client really wants them there is a chance that they, they will stretch their budget to try and match that or more. There is always that chance. But if, you're, if, if it's about the money, then you, you can get more money. But if it's about more than that, you know, it's identifying the pain. And often that pain could be, you know, um, not getting on with their manager. So if they accept the counter offer, they're still not going to get on yeah, with their manager. Yeah. There's, so there's so many. So it yeah. comes back to the beginning. Like you need to know what their drivers are, reason for leaving. What and that's, what yeah. that's the button you Remind need to Remind them of that because money's, m- money's, never, no, money's not going to solve that problem. It's not going to yeah. change it. All right, mate. What are you excited about? For the future? Yeah, man. What's going on in soap? What are you excited oh, about? So many me. things. We're we're growing. We've got um, you know, we've got our plans. We've got plans to 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 grow. You know, across US, across different territories. Um, you know, inviting new people into the business. Um, we've got you know, it's it's such. So you got an office stuff. in Brighton. Got an office, office in Brighton, in London. You, you, in London. I've obviously been to Brighton office. You have. It, you've just got the place next door. We've got the place next door. So well, yeah, we're, it looks we've quite got, empty, mate. You need, it's, you need it's to get some office. people in there. It's gonna be my office. <laughs> <laughs> no, we we cool. we we've got big plans to grow. Yeah, we've we just um, we're at a really exciting time. Um, it's still a big learning curve e- e- for me for me personally, um, but really excited to continue my personal development, my growth. You know, working with you with my personal branding, there um, the possibilities. It's it's a really exciting time, and um, definitely for me personally, right now, it's it's, it's my, my career. These are the highlights of my career at the moment. Yeah, it's amazing, mate. Glad to hear it. So, last question I always ask people yep. uh, before we finish. Yep. So you can answer this question with a word, a phrase, whatever comes to mind, right? right. So it is, if um, Ali could communicate to every single recruiter out there, they'd listen, they'd take on your advice, they'd implement it tomorrow. Yeah. What would you say to them, mate? I would say the most important thing is, and again, I've said it before earlier, is, is be the master of your market. Yeah. Be the master of your market and candidates will come to you, clients will come to you. you there's, there's, no, there's no way you will not earn money. I love it, mate. There you go. Great story, Ali. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you, mate. Cheers.